Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, how are you doing this afternoon? I got it right the first time. <laughs> we, uh, man, what a great. This is a great week. Uh, not only are we basking in the glow of what happened Saturday, the greatest day in Alabama sports history, but there's so much news between the coaching carousel, recruiting, uh, transfer portal stuff, kids going pro, all SEC teams being announced. Again, recruiting, signing day next week, the Heisman stuff, awards. It, it literally feels like every 15 minutes we have news. I got to be honest, Jimmy, you know, I've been doing this for a while, but, you know, covering a team, being on the beat, you know, this is my first year actually doing that extensively like I am. I made the crucial mistake of telling my girlfriend, you know, last week, especially it was just nonstop. It was like 12 hours a day. It was radio spots. It was podcasts, you know, recording with you. It was writing stuff. It was doing message board things, uh, you know, Twitter it just nonstop. And I told my girlfriend, I was like, if we can get on the other side of this SEC championship, there will be a lull between the, when the game ends on Saturday, you know, we'll have to do some post game stuff uh, on Sunday and, you know, the college football selection show will happen on Sunday. But after that, we'll get a little bit of a lull for a couple of weeks. You know, I'll still be working of course, but it just won't be as extensive until we start nearing the college football playoff. And boy, I could not have been more wrong. You know, she, she's been expecting, 
me to have a little bit more free time. And every time she has to do something, I'm like, ah, you know, I got this, I got to do. And oh man, they're, they're releasing the Heisman finalists tonight. I got to be ready to, to get something out on that. And, uh, it's just, I'll never make this mistake again. I just didn't realize, you know, the games are over selection Sunday has happened, but you, like you just said, there is still so much going on. And I knew that, you know, signing day would keep us all pretty busy, but you know, I was like, well, that's going to be next week. And, you know, I have to grab a commitment, you know, some commitment news or whatever, but I just thought, Hey, it won't be nearly as extensive because of the sec championship, the, the radio spots and all that stuff continue to roll in. People want to talk about it. Uh, you know, recap it rather than preview it. It's just I've I've made a, a colossal mistake and I'm paying for it dearly because if I just would have kept my mouth shut, there wouldn't have been any sort of change up in expectation. But because I kept make, making this pitch, now I find myself in a little bit of trouble. <laughs> Can you relate? That's my question. I mean, does it ever change, Jimmy? No, no, no. no. You put your foot in your mouth a lot too. Uh, well, the more that we, the more, the more that we talk the more likely it's going to happen. Not, <laughs> not wrong. People, as people know, I talk a lot on this show and all the time, and I'm nonstop on Twitter and on the message board. So I say the wrong stuff all the time, and it's going to be an increasing problem, particularly this week as the news just piles up and we have to have opinions on everything. And uh, boy, we do I have a lot of opinions, and I'm sure a lot of those opinions are going to lead to uh, me uh, eating some shoe. Yep, and... <laughs> And we've already had some opinions on Twitter. Uh, I think I've shared a couple. I think you've shared a couple. Uh, your Twitter game's just on point, by the way. Uh, you, you always you always bring it. I always enjoy reading your stuff on there. But that's kind of, in some ways, that's what we're here to talk about. We're, we're going to bring the conversation from Twitter to the podcast and talk about the, the Heisman finalists that were selected and those who weren't. We're going to talk about the All-SEC. The coaches team was released just a little bit ago, right before we hopped on here. We had planned to start recording a little earlier, but then that crept up and had to go write something on that real quick. And now we're going to be talking about it. There's just so much that's still going on. And we'll be getting a recruiting episode in here pretty soon. And we'll maybe try to get Chad Simmons on, our national recruiting guy. Does an absolutely phenomenal job. And so we'll try, try to see if he can take some time and hop on here with us uh, relatively soon. But for now, we're going to be talking about the Heisman. And we're going to be talking about the all SEC selection. So, Jimmy, as far as the Heisman finalists are concerned, I'm think. Granted, you might not be in the same place that I am, but I'm fairly confident that Bryce Young is going to be named the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, it would be a shock if he didn't. But he is one of the four finalists. You also have Kenny Pickett, the quarterback out of Pitt. You got Aiden Hutchinson, the edge out of Michigan. And then you got C.J. Shroud, the quarterback out of Ohio State. So, just uh, what was your first reaction? to hearing the finalists and not only who was included, but who was not included. Well, that's the big story for Alabama fans. And and certainly it shows how, how spoiled we are as fans. We do get Bryce young as a finalist. I believe we are all confident he's going to win the award. I'm still very confident he is. And we're very disappointed. We didn't have a second Alabama player there as a finalist. And let's be honest. I mean, my football opinion, biased or unbiased, he deserves it. I, I think Will Anderson, in my mind, was clearly the best defensive player in the country. The Bronco Nagurski people agree. They gave him the award last night for being the best defensive player in the country. And there's another defensive player there uh, in New York and not Will. And, and a lot of people can't wrap their, their heads around that. And I get that. I don't either, except for just this one thing where I have a slight difference of opinion is uh, – I think Aiden Hutchinson does deserve to be there. I, I just think Will deserves to be there in place of one of those quarterbacks, probably Kenny Pickett. I, I would have had, if there's four finalists, if we're cutting it off at four, 
I'd have had Bryce, uh, Will, Aiden Hutchinson, and C.J. Stroud. That 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 would have been my four guys, and and so I'm not too upset that Hutchins Hutch is there. I'm ups, upset that Will isn't there, uh, and, and I think maybe the reach was Kenny Pickett, but just a little bit. Kenny's an outstanding football player, had a great season. Also, think Matt Corral deserves some uh, some mention as well as Kenneth Walker. But but uh, yeah, I, I joined in the chorus of people upset that Will isn't a finalist. I worry, Clint, that too many uh, people don't understand how this works, though. You know, it's not the Heisman Trust. It's not the downtown athletic club that just willy-nilly picks four guys or picks four guys based on their opinion. They they had already decided they were only inviting four. That was a decision made before they knew who the four would be. And the four that are bought are based on a percentage of the votes that are already counted. They start counting the votes. And after, I don't know what the percentage is, maybe after the first 10% of the votes are counted, they, they invite the top four vote getters, assuming that the rest of the votes will play out similarly. Uh, that's how it worked. It's based on the actual votes in terms of who the four people are that are there, not, not, not the downtown athletic club. And people need to know that. Yes. And, and I think that a lot of people that are, the, the people that watch Alabama the most, they have one vote and they're probably voting for Bryce Young. And so the people that you either don't really get to watch a whole lot of Alabama because you're in a different area, maybe you're on the West Coast and you know a lot about some of those other guys. Maybe you're up in the Northeast, you know, and, and you, you know a lot more about CJ Shroud and those guys and that's who you're voting for. And then, you know, you watch Alabama. They've been on national TV, you know, several times. It's not like you haven't seen them. But if you are from one of those places and you vote for somebody from Alabama, it's probably going to be Bryce Young. And then the people in this area, you know, more than likely all of them, you know, they love Will Anderson if they had two votes. Or is it that way? I mean, I know you have one vote for the actual Heisman, but do you vote for the Heisman finalist too? No, no, you have three, you have three votes. You vote for you vote for one, two, three. You vote for who who you think should win, and that goes in the one spot who should finish second, who should finish third. And then they have like a three, two, one point system. So whoever you, that, yeah. So it's one, two, three, and then a three, two, one point system from there. See, so I, I was trying to give people the benefit of the doubt and, and really there's, there's just no reason. I mean, and, and it's like you said, this has nothing to do with Hayden, uh, Aiden Hutchinson. That guy has been phenomenal this season. This is more, when you compare the whole reason the comparisons are happening um, are because Will Anderson is not going to New York and Aiden Hutchinson is. And so you, you compare the numbers to say, okay, why is that? And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I was crunching a lot of these numbers and there are very few things that play in Aiden Hutchinson's favor. I mean, you know, total tackles, Will Anderson is probably going to break a hundred this season. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, he's, he's under 60 right now. Um, So almost, I wouldn't say necessarily half, but, uh, of you know right now it's sitting at what 33 or 34 less tackles the tackles for loss is the part that gets me you know uh Aiden Hutchinson has 15 and a half tackles for loss Will Anderson Jr. has 31 and a half he has almost double this would be like if you're trying to make the decision between CJ Shroud and and, and uh, Bryce Young on who should win the award and all the numbers are similar similar passing yards similar completion percentage you know, yards per attempt, but then randomly CJ Shroud has 85 touchdowns to, to Bryce Young's 43. And, and, you know, you're sitting there saying, okay, 
I would say that that one number alone should probably be the tiebreaker. If all these other things are pretty similar, if there's nothing that's making one stand out above the other, that one number should be the tipping point. But that's not the only thing. There's other things as well. Now, granted, they have roughly the same amount of pressures, games without a sack, Aiden Hutchinson four, Will Anderson three. Uh, The last seven games I thought was staggering. Over the last half of the season, Will Anderson Jr. has 12 and a half sacks and 20 and a half tackles for loss. Aiden Hutchinson has eight and a half sacks and nine and a half tackles for loss. Well over double the amount of tackles for loss and over one and a half or almost at one and a half times the sacks. If you're talking about guys playing well down the stretch and kind of coming out of nowhere and winning the award or getting to New York, Will Anderson should have been everybody's guy. To me, does this have something to do with the fact that it's just getting somebody else in there, a different school? Yeah, that's what I think. Um, and, and again, everyone's situation is be different. We have to remember there are hundreds of Heisman voters, not a hundred, hundreds. There's lots and lots of Heisman voters. So I can't speak for all of them or guess for all of them in terms of what everyone's line of thinking is. But I think the, the logical explanation here to me is that just about everyone put Bryce Young at number one, just about everybody, even the people with Alabama fatigue, even the people that don't like Alabama, even the, the writers that cover other teams or people from other entities that are like, oh, I'm so sick, Alabama. I think all of them or most of them put Bryce at number one. I think and since you, you vote for three and there's three spots, I think there were just enough voters that said, you know, I put the Alabama guy at number one. I'm not going to put another Alabama guy on my list. Now, I know it's happened before. For Alabama, it happened a lot last year. We had like three of the top five finalists a year ago, which lends more credence to what I'm saying, because I think some of these people were saying, I put two Alabama guys on my list last year. I'm not going to do it again. I, I think the Alabama fatigue got will. Uh, or at least got him enough. I think what we're going to find, and I'm just guessing, when the actual votes come out, there won't be much separating between two and six. It'll be tight, two through six, because I think Hutch got a lot of votes, Stroud got votes, Pickett got votes, Will got votes, Corral got votes, uh, Kenneth Walker got votes, and and I bet it's close, two through six. Uh, No one will be close to Bryce. I, I, I think he was number one on the vast majority of ballots. And when he wasn't number one, he was on as a two or a three and and probably made it onto every ballot. So um, that's what I think happened to Will. I think it was Alabama fatigue and too many voters. It's like, hey, I've got three spots here. I'm not putting two Alabama guys on it. I did it last year or I didn't do it last year and I'm not going to do it now. Uh, And and, and I think that's what, what, what caught Will. It was not this. It was not, I've seen Will play and I don't think he's that great. Not that. It's not that. Um, One last point I'll make, because I know we can do the whole show on this, but one last point. This is what gripes me, and I bet it gripes you even more uh, because you're you're so good with the X's and O's. But one thing I've seen whenever you do the stats and some national media guys want to defend Hutch's stats, they go, hey, this is apples and oranges. Will is an outside stand-up linebacker, and Hutchison is a down lineman. Well, yes, but. Hutchinson is an outside end in a 4-3. Will Anderson is an outside linebacker in a 3-4. They're basically playing the same spot. Is it identical? No. But those arguments make it sound like Hutch is an interior defensive tackle while Will is standing up chasing people around like Christian Harris. Uh, 
no, they're, 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 they play very similar positions. They play the same position. In fact, and I wouldn't, okay, I wouldn't say the same. Aiden Hutchinson, through their scheme, is going to have his hand in the dirt and not having to drop into coverage hardly any, if at all. There might be the, the random thing where you have a zone blitz and he'll drop into coverage or something. Um, I haven't really went and looked at all of his tape to know how many times he did that this season, but I guarantee you one thing. You go and look at Texas A&M game, the way that Texas A&M was attacking Alabama uh, with their offense, it was forcing Will Anderson Jr. into coverage. He didn't get as many opportunities to get after the quarterback, and it's something that once that game was over, the coaching staff was like, we've got to figure out a way to where no one else can do that to us because it took our best pass rusher and it put him in a situation where he was forced into coverage more than Alabama wanted him to be. Aiden Hutchinson, he's putting his hand on the dirt. He's getting after the quarterback. And how in the world are you making that comparison? And then you also are sitting there saying, Will Anderson Jr. has double the amount of tackles for loss. He has one and a half more sacks. He has just as many pressures. And he did it despite the fact that he was getting less opportunities to get after the quarterback and get into the backfield. That that helps Will Anderson's case. But even if you're trying to make that comparison, it's not a 4-3 off-ball linebacker. He's not running to the, you know, the, the tackles and stuff. You would think that, oh, that, that's where this whole thing comes into play. The fact that he's got closing in on 100 tackles, he's still playing on one side of the field, and he doesn't get to play cleanup. You know, a 4-3 Will linebacker, he can rack up tackles because he's getting over the top of flow, and he's getting to tackle running backs when the other guys, the strong side and the middle linebackers, aren't making the play. Uh, yeah, he doesn't even have a blocker on him. Yeah, he's, he, he's the cleanup guy. You, that's why you have the more undersized, more athletic guy playing your Will spot. This is not what it is. He's on the line of scrimmage. If he is making plays on the other side of the field, he is running the guy down. It's a hustle play. It's a lot more difficult for him to make it. There's no comparison here. And that, so I, I've seen that a couple of times too, and that's the most ridiculous argument. Tell me you don't know football without telling me you don't know football because that's a situation where, um, you know, anyways, uh, Bryce – 100% deserving of being there. Bryce, 100% deserving of the fact that he's probably going to win it. And I know that some people are like, don't jinx him. And it's like, dude, I would be. What? And what I was talking yesterday on Twitter. We riot if Will Anderson is not a finalist. We're 100% rioting if Bryce Young doesn't win the Heisman because there's nobody else that's even should even be in the conversation at this point. It's all it, this entire debate has been who gets to go to New York, not who should win the Heisman. That's right. Yeah. This is Bryce's award. Uh, it was for so many reasons, but, but, you know, he, if this season was a painting, he signed it at the end. I mean, he signed it. It was, it was like voila, the masterpiece and he, he signs it, you know, against Georgia, but the whole season was that way. W one thing about Bryce is even in the loss to A&M, uh, even in those close games, the Auburn game, uh, Arkansas, uh, Bryce was good every week. Bryce was good every week when the offense wasn't great. It wasn't on Bryce. I mean, he played well all the way through. And the fact that he was doing this in his first 13 starts as a college football player is just ridiculous. Uh, the fact that he did it with less of a cast than what Mac Jones had a year ago, uh, playing behind a much lesser offensive line without a Najee Harris at running back, without a Heisman winner uh, outside, uh, with injuries to only really having two outside threats, and then they're both banged up at various points uh, throughout the season, uh, not having a consistent weapon at tight end. He had weapons, but they weren't Brock Bowers. 
Uh, and, and again, playing behind a suspect offensive line, only one of Alabama's five offensive linemen made first or second team all SEC. Uh, uh, you factor all that in playing this tough schedule. Alabama played the second toughest schedule among all the contenders for the playoff spot. Uh, it's Bryce. It's Bryce by multiple miles. Uh, there is no, uh, uh, you know, drama at all Saturday. It's going to be Bryce and you can uh, just, just us Alabama fans. We just need to bring our Kleenexes to, to, uh, to ESPN when we tune it in because it's going to be emotional, but it's coming. It a hundred percent is coming. And, and you know, like I said, very well deserving. And me making all these comparisons, I'll reiterate, it has nothing to do with Aiden Hutchinson. If I had to have four there, and here's the thing, they were never going to do this. Now, granted, it's not like they pick and choose. It's based off of votes like you said, but it was just never going to work out this way. But I would have had Will Anderson, Bryce Young, Aiden Hutchinson, and then probably Kenneth Walker. I think Kenneth Walker was very underrated. You know, and at one point in time, he was one of the, the leading candidates to win the Heisman but with the way that Michigan State fell off that's where they fell off he fell off but you're talking about the importance to, to his team transferring from Wake Forest to Michigan State and how he transformed that Michigan State offense I think he was very well deserving of being a finalist and that's how I would have had it but then at that point you you only would have had one quarterback there and everybody knows uh, I mean granted everybody knows anyways but I think that they like having quarterbacks there. A lot of people vote quarterbacks very highly. Um, I also think Matt Corral, despite the fact that his numbers kind of trailed off, Ole Miss had you know one of the best seasons, you know, in fact, the best season they've ever had. And it's been with him under center, and he's done a lot of good things. He got banged up. Some of his receivers have been banged up at various points. You know, Jonathan Mingo has barely played this year. Um, he was supposed to be a huge part of that offense. And then you, you had this pressure on you every time you step in the field because of Ole Miss's defense, while it did show some signs of improvement overall, uh, there was a lot of pressure on Matt Corral to perform. And really the reason that he, Ole Miss really didn't win some of those games is if he wasn't able to and the offense wasn't able to, teams ran away like Alabama. The offense, because they went forward on fourth down, they took some chances, didn't work out for him. But I think Matt Corral should have been in this conversation more than he was. Uh, but I also understand the fact that he trailed off due to injury and in some of his games. He didn't put up the passing numbers that some of these other quarterbacks did understand why they left him off um but at the same time he would have been up there for me just watching the games he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country uh certainly one of the top two or three i think he's better than kenny pickett i think he's better than cj shroud but it's a it's a numbers game um but moving on because we spent a lot of time talking about that we do want to praise the guys who did make the, the all sec coaches team which came out just a little bit ago alabama had 10 different players make it 11 selections because jameson williams made it both as, as a receiver and as a return specialist, so 11 selections, 10 players, uh, six of them came on the first team. Jimmy, uh, just talk a little bit about some of the guys who did make it and your thoughts. Yeah, well, I wasn't actually surprised. Uh, I mean, this is sort of, I'd put a guess on the on three message board about two weeks ago, uh, pretty recently, you know, who would make it. Uh, I think I'm looking back at my guess, and since it was two, two or three weeks ago, the only one I may have missed, I may have included Christian Harris and not Toho Toho, but based on how Henry played those last couple of games, uh, you know, I'll, if you're picking one or the other, I think the coaches may have been right to include Henry and not Christian, uh, although, you know, Christian might have been, you know, arguably uh, worthy of a second team choice. It's the only thing that stands out to me. I don't think, based on uh, looking over this and based on what my guess was, I don't think any deserving Alabama player was left out uh, remind me, did Reichard make it? No, he did not. 
Okay. Well, there, was, there's one. Yeah, it was uh, – <laughs> let me look. No. First team place kicker was Harrison Mevis, uh, and second place was – or second team was Cade York, LSU. Okay. Oh, very good players, by the way. Uh, very good players. Not to say that Cade York sucks and shouldn't have made it. Hey, oftentimes for these type things, there are more than two deserving guys. And I think Reichert is deserving, and it's a shame there wasn't room for him. Uh, because I think he did have an all-SEC type season. He would be the only omission that sort of hurts my feelings a little bit for the kid. I was glad to see them uh, recognize Jalen Armour Davis as second team. Job had the bigger name coming into the season, but I agree 100% that Armour Davis had the better season between the two of them. Uh, I like that Battle was on the first team, that to Toho got the second team recognition. Of course, Will was first team. Mathis is another guy, Clint that uh, I'm not sure Mathis was on those preseason teams, you know, as having like, hey, here's a guy to watch. He's going to be on the first team. Uh, I, I, you know, he didn't get that kind of preseason pub that you need sometimes to make these all-star teams, but uh, instead he earned it. And, and I'm glad that it was recognized that, hey, this guy really is one of the better defensive linemen in the SEC. So glad to see him make second team. Uh, Kudos to Brian Robinson, who made the first team. I was a little surprised because Chris Rodriguez had such a great season at Kentucky, but he trailed off at the end while B-Rob was playing his best at the end of the season. So I guess that's what made the difference for B-Rob. But no, I, I think it went almost exactly as uh, as we would have predicted. And if there was a snub, it was a Rikard. And I'm not sure anyone made it uh, from the Alabama contingent that didn't deserve it. Yeah, and you know, I think with Henry Toto, because it's such a statistically driven thing, a lot of coaches, coaches are going to know ball as well as both of us. I mean, so they know what they're talking about, and he's had a great season. I mean, he's really come on strong. He's been everything that Alabama wanted. I understand that early, you know, you're still working on, you know, handling the communications and trying to to do some things to make sure that he was, you know, uh, making that transition as smooth as possible. But now that he's gotten comfortable He's been playing fantastic. I think he's one of only four or five players in the conference that has over 100 tackles or 100 tackles or more. So give him a lot of credit for coming in and making the team. What's interesting is both of Alabama's two you know, transfer portal guys made the all-SEC team. And so if you don't think that that doesn't speak to, to other guys wanting to transfer in, and you know the, both those two guys, you know, Jameson Williams was a, at Ohio State. He was kind of an afterthought. He was going to be you know fourth-string receiver. Last year he played a lot of the number three but didn't get a whole lot of usage comes to Alabama makes first team all SEC, you know, is probably going to win, uh, you know, the, the Bolitnikoff award for the best receiver. Um, and then you got Henry Toa Toa coming over from Tennessee. You know, he would have been an all SEC selection probably with the Vols as well, but coming over and being able to maintain that and getting to play for a national championship contending team, that was huge. So I think that that was pretty important. I don't know if we actually went through and listed them by name, but I'll go ahead and do it just in case anybody's confused. First team, you had Bryce Young, you had Brian Robinson, you had Jamison Williams, you had Evan Neal, you had Will Anderson, and you had Jordan Battle. So that was the six players on the first team. Second team, you had John Mechie, you had Fedarian Mathis, you had Henry Toa Toa, and you had Jalen Armour Davis. So a lot of you know offense heavy on the first team, defense heavy on the second team kind of how this season for the most part played out, but very good job by all those guys being included. And, you know, it's unfortunate that Mechie is out, you know, going to be out for the college football playoff. Um, I, I, do you think that that affects him as far as his decision to maybe come back? Or do you think that he's probably gone? Cause I think, you know, I'll be curious to see how NFL evaluators view him as far as next season. 
I think the NIL money is a real factor. Uh, you know, that NIL money is out there for these kids. It, it's a tougher decision. Well, well, I say tougher decision. It's an easier decision to return to school than it used to be. It used to be that returning to school meant basically another year of not having enough money to pay bills back home. Uh, now you can get those bills paid for by, by staying in school. The bills are paid for getting rich. No, you're not going to do that through NIL money unless you're a quarterback or, or, or some kind of superstar like Will Anderson. He'll get rich this offseason. But uh, I think with NIL money, some of these kids that, that used to be a really tough decision makes it a little easier to return to school. So I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see a return to school in that case. Um, I went back and looked at my at my guess from uh, last week. Uh, we went and guessed this on the message board literally uh, six days ago. And, uh, you know, I'm an Alabama. Uh, I'm a little Alabama bias. So I went overboard. I overguessed it just a little bit. I had the first team nailed with the uh, I didn't have Brian Robinson on the first team. I had him on the second team. But uh, so I, I undershot the first team by one guy. And then on the second team, uh, I had included uh, Josh Job, Christian Harris and Will Reichard. That's where I overshot it. So none of those three made it. Uh, I projected that they would. But in retrospect, um, I, I'm not uh, upset by any of that. I think Reichard, Harris, and Job could have been included, uh, and they were not. But it, it wasn't a crime that they weren't. Yeah, I mean, the first team, you know, as far as Christian Harris is concerned, the first team, you know, because Will Anderson is listed as, an, as a linebacker, doesn't mean he plays off-ball linebacker, but, you know, he's not listed as a defensive lineman, so he's not going to make it as a defensive lineman. But Will Anderson getting first team to Kobe Dean, best softball linebacker in the country, in my opinion, and Damon Clark or Damon Clark for LSU. Absolute yeah. monster. The first team was always going to be that. Nothing other than that. You know, bumper pull, you know, with Arkansas, the fact that he racks up so many tackles, you know, he was second in the SEC with 120 tackles. He also makes plays getting after the quarterback. And, and you know, he's a very balanced linebacker and maybe not great in coverage, but he's, you know, effective enough. And then Zacoby McClain for Auburn, I mean, he was up there nearing 100 tackles and was a very important part of Auburn's defense. And Auburn didn't have a ton of guys make it, uh, at least not my, the first time through. I saw a couple. But, you know, so I, Christian Harris, to me, I think he just ran into a position that was loaded with plenty of guys who are worthy of getting named. And that happens sometimes. And he just didn't have the stats that Henry Toe Toe did. You know, it's probably he, just behind Zacoby McLean. I would bet. I, I, I don't think it's a crime to put Zacoby ahead of Christian Harris at all. But uh, but I would bet that was close. Yeah. I, you know, and Christian Harris, he, he's been playing really good football as of late, too. A lot of the Alabama defense has. So. I don't know. I don't know exactly what goes into it as far as their decision-making on who makes it and who doesn't, but the, I, I completely agree with you. There's not anybody that was left off that list. This is not a Will Anderson did not right. become a Heisman finalist type of let's get upset about it, but Will, you know, there's a couple of guys. I do feel like Will Reichard, you know, he ran into a, a position that only gets named one guy per team, uh, and I think that he's, you know, if he's not I would say at this season, he's at least been 2B, you know, 2A and, or excuse me, 1 and then 2A are the two guys who got named. I'd put him as 2B and just, you know, you got to leave a guy off at that point and it was Will Reichard, but great season by him, great season by all these guys. So that's probably going to do it for today's episode. We just wanted to talk a little bit about the All-SEC team. Now there is a little bit of recruiting stuff that's going on. So Jimmy, if you want to talk about that yeah. a little bit, we can uh, talk about that and then uh, get out of here. 
Yeah, uh, Isaiah Bond, uh, a, a national top 200 type prospect. That's how we uh, that's how we, we we grade him at on three uh, in the on three consensus. He's he's around 115 or 120, I think. Uh, so this is a, a national elite prospect uh, recruited by a lot of big time SEC schools. Was committed to Florida. Uh, he is very likely to commit to Alabama tonight. By the time you guys listen to this, I believe Isaiah Bond will already be committed to Alabama. If I'm wrong, he had everybody fooled, but I'm pretty confident that that's going to be the case. He's a wide receiver. He runs a 10, 500 meters. This is a speed guy. And uh, we'll talk about this really in depth on the message board. It's not so much the addition of Bond that's interesting to me. It's that Bond and the other two receivers that are committed as part of this class they're all extremely similar. You can tell there was a theme at, at, with wide receiver recruiting this cycle, and it was we need to get faster. All three of these guys are speed demons. Uh, they're not big guys, but they're fast, fast, fast. It's basically like the coaching staff said, you know what? Let's uh, let's let's uh, uh, you know let let let's let's sign a bunch of Jamison Williams and no John Mechies. Uh, not as a slide at Mechie. It's just what they felt the wide receiver room needed. So uh, Bond, fast, 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 just like Kobe Prentice, just like Aaron Anderson. Yeah, I think that be a big addition to Alabama's class. You know, that they've had a great class this past year. We're starting to see more of those guys show up. JoJo Earl's been a part of everything uh, since really game one, got hurt and has been out. But I think that he has a bright future. I think that, you know, Ja'Cory Brooks and his emergence, he's starting to become that guy. We all understand, you know, if a Jai Hawk can get some of the other stuff worked out, he's going to be a good player for Alabama. Uh, Christian Leary has done a good job of, of making that transition to running back, but ultimately I think we both believe he's going to end up back at receiver eventually and could end up being a, a pretty good player for Alabama down the road. But you also need to continue to keep that position as stacked as you possibly can because we're, we watched it kind of with Georgia, uh, you know, that they're, a lot of their offense has to be run through their tight ends and their running backs because, you know, George Pickens gets hurt. That was a huge part of it. And Jermaine Burton is a good player. You know, they've got good receivers. I'm not saying that they don't, but you know, that's a position that in today's college football to make things as easy on quarterbacks as possible, you need to be loaded with playmakers at receivers. So if they can land somebody like Isaiah Bond, I think he's got a bright future with Alabama. I think he's got a bright future wherever he goes. But I certainly think that, uh, you know, he would make a great addition to Alabama's 2022 class. And so we'll just kind of have to see how it plays out. But, yeah, we you mentioned that Alabama's sitting in very good position to land him, and I think you're 100% right. So that's going to do it for today's episode of the Bam on 3 show. This has been fun. Tomorrow we're going to be doing mailbag. I already got a couple of questions, but if you got a question, send it to me at Clint R. Lamb, or you can send it to Jimmy at QB underscore country. Um, you can DM it to us. You can just add us, just whatever you want to do. And if we miss your question or we don't acknowledge it, then certainly resend it. Cause sometimes, you know, with my mentions and stuff, I, things get lost. And so I'll have to go through and check uh, direct messages and mentions and things like things like that to see if I can find it. But uh, once again, appreciate you hopping on here with me, Jimmy. This has been fun. Oh, it's always fun. And like I said, this week, it is fun to be a college football fan, to say nothing of what a great time it is to be an Alabama fan. Uh, just all the news, coaches, players, transfer portal, awards, uh, big award show Thursday night, uh, Heisman Saturday night, and we play a uh, basketball, uh, a ranked basketball opponent Saturday night. So uh, lots to discuss here, about 25 days out to Cincinnati. 100%. Yeah, I got to uh, think last time I checked, Houston was like number 14. I don't know if they still are. But uh, 
Yeah, great program. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be in Tuscaloosa, so definitely get out for that game. And we'll talk a little bit more about it as it gets closer, but yeah, I definitely want to go ahead and start hyping that up now. But yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Once again, we appreciate you guys tuning in. This has been the Bam on 3 Show, and I'm your host, Clint Lamb. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.